This podcast has been brought to you by the patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. The Patreon is a really excellent way to support these shows directly, the network directly. Signing up for even a dollar a month gets you cool rewards like uh, being able to vote on Watch Out for Fireballs games or Patreon extras or backer blogs. And then there's some other cool tiers in there too that'll get you access to the Slack channel, that'll get you to early release feeds, that'll get you a a discount on premium content. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And what about Gene? I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And you were listening to Days of Future Cast, where we talk about mainly the interesting female orgasm as portrayed by Jean Grey in the series, The Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah, it is an interesting orgasm. It's a That's super what, interesting you know, orgasm. You know, when you have sex and it's real good, and you're just like, that was an interesting orgasm. Like, it's good, but also just like new. It went it was backwards. You know, it was like new sounds, all those kind of things. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Interest an interesting orgasm is really more of like a texture thing than a, just an experience thing. Don't you find that to be true? Not the texture of product, but the texture of the the feeling is mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Sure, yeah. I'm not, as I long as we're not talking idea. about the texture of of product, then like I'm I'm happy to go down this road with you. And then once we get into the specifics of product, then like it gets a little bit too far for me. Okay, okay. Um, so. So summer of cum is okay for for one podcast, but you know I'm just over here trying to have a conversation about texture. <laughs> I keep that shit. Uh, I keep that shit quarantined, man. Like I didn't realize. I didn't realize your life was so fucking segmented, Gary Bradfield. Uh, yeah, I save it up for for like you know me and me and Cole recorded after suffering like almost every week, like three weeks out of out of four in the month, and uh, I just I keep it I keep it real saved up. You know all all the <laughs> the cum chat in specific detail. And then just uh, and then as soon as I do suffering, as soon as that record button hits, I just unload. Um, wow, I load. am uncomfortable with the way that you were talking. Right now. <laughs> uh, this it's got all, it's too all real, too this, quick. This got um, real. This got extremely real. Well, you're the one who said interesting orgasm. I did. I did. So, so it's, it's all it's, my uh, fault. Yes, <laughs> you you talking fair. about unloading on Cole Ross and saving up a bunch of your stuff and then unloading <laughs> is definitely a product of me saying interesting <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> Yep, I'll take full responsibility of that one. It's like a machine. You put one thing in, you get the other thing out. Dude. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, I can't help that it. it's efficient. Um, the, so if you can't tell, we're here to talk about the X-Men cartoon from the early 90s. Uh, we are finishing up the Dark Phoenix saga. We have parts three and four to do. We covered parts one and two on episode number 20, which was two weeks ago. Um, Previously on X-Men. Pretty much the summary there is that Jean Grey has been possessed by the cosmic force known as the Phoenix. A group of individuals calling themselves the Hellfire Club, or more accurately in the Not calling themselves, yeah. The Inner Circle Club, uh, has basically tried to take control over, and then that whole thing backfired. There were a lot of fights, and Jean Grey has gone pretty Phoenix crazy. And she's on top of the roof and yelling at Scott Summers. And that's pretty much where we pick off. Pick up, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Um, now who's being dirty? The, um, <laughs> the, uh, so th- this is uh, going to be a little bit with the Hellfire Club, but this is going to be our reintroduction to the Shi'ar. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, here here it comes. Here's our... Here's our um, kind of... Give it to me. Give it to me. 
gave it to me. Okay. Just unload no, this episode description on me. <laughs> unload this description. <laughs> okay, let me spray this description all over. Um, the Dark Phoenix Saga Part 3, The Dark Phoenix, is the name of this chapter. <laughs> you really think that'd be Part 4, huh? <laughs> it's recursive. It's like I'm playing the Stanley Parable. The Dark Phoenix Saga Part 3, colon. The Dark Phoenix Saga Part 3, colon. The Dark Phoenix Saga Part 3, colon. Um, when the X-Men confront Phoenix and ask it to give up Jean's body, Phoenix vows to destroy the team. To re-energize, she flies up through the Dabari star system, passing a very surprised Shi'ar cruiser crew. As they watch in horror, she feeds upon and destroys an entire star system. Uh, comics kids uh, to defend space life as <laughs> to defend space life as they space know it space life not just normal <laughs> life not everyday life space yeah. life there's space life the Shi'ar Empress Lalandra uh, decrees that Phoenix slash Jean Grey must die and uh, they didn't add an exclamation point there which I'm kind of surprised yeah usually these all end with exclamation points um, so this is a dramatic departure from the comic books in the comic books Phoenix goes to this Dabari system, consumes the sun, which destroys a planet full of like 5 billion people. Yes. And I, I guess the standards and practices wouldn't let them do the, kill 5 billion people on a children's cartoon show. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Even if it was off screen. So, uh, yeah, so this kind of sets us up as a, as a, as a weird situation in the comics at that point, like the Phoenix basically goes on trial and the same thing tries to happen here Except, as several of the X-Men point out, like, Jean Grey actually hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> like, it's just the potential. Which really changes, like, the tone of the story for me in these next two episodes. Does it do that for you t- t- as well? Um, yeah, even though it's very hard for me not to just kind of, uh, you know, paper over it and just kind of say, oh no, she killed billions of people. You know, like, I know that she didn't but in the cartoon, but it just kind of feels like she did. You're Like, I, I get them kind of mixed up. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of blur together. Um you know, and I, I still think the Shi'ar are not necessarily incorrect because the Dark Phoenix definitely threatens to do that. You know, they're not like there's like she wouldn't do it. You get into some like thought crime shit, but it's also thought crime of like an evil cosmic eldritch monstrosity. You know, um, so it, it does change the tenor a little bit for me, but maybe not as much as it should because the the stories really kind of get mixed up in my in my head. So it's um it's just a weird thing. Like it's it's just. Because Beast calls out the thought crime stuff of, and, and later in the episode, and I think has a valid point of like, she hasn't done anything wrong. Like, what's the big deal? Like, she's, she, it's scary, and I think you should definitely want to separate the Phoenix from Jean Grey, which ends up being kind of like, I mean, anybody listening to this has probably seen these episodes, but like, that's ultimately what ends up happening, as that's what, you know, sol- solves this entire problem. But Lalandra is really, really heavy on the death. Like, she's like, we got to kill her. Like, we're going to take her through trial and we're going to kill her ass. Yeah. Which, like, does yeah. she think that if she kills Jean Grey, like, the Phoenix is just dead too? Or is... Oh, the Phoenix will, will move on to, like, you know, something else. Or maybe won't. Like, there, there's something about Jean Grey's power that attracts the Phoenix. Okay. You know? the uh, It is always okay to punch a Nazi. It is yeah. always okay to punch a phoenix, okay, mm-hmm. but it's not always okay to kill a phoenix. Okay, okay. I think is I'm the line. It. Like if they wanted, like mm-hmm. if they wanted to put her in that like uh, that weird Muir Island jail forever, yeah, I think yeah. that'd probably be you know that's more fair. Right there next or, to like, Legion. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, right there next to Legion. All all of the uh, the weapons that would destroy the world. <laughs> um, you know, Legion who ends up uh, creating the Age of Apocalypse, like next to Jean Grey, who will destroy five billion uh, people on a, on a good day. Um, you know, put, put them all on Muir Island, like the scariest island of all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, get, I agree with you. I get your point. Like, it is, it is too much. You know, it is, it is too, 
too far. It's just I also understand the idea that like, hey, this is really dangerous. It's also – and it's not just like a person who's dangerous. Like I don't think you should kill Magneto. Like he's a person who can be reasoned with. The whole point of the Phoenix is that it's this alien like force. Okay. You know, the Phoenix the Phoenix is not reasonable. Like it is an elemental, you know, thing. And like a star system's a big deal. You know? It is. That, that's it a is. lot of people. Um well let's get into it, because we we we're kinda glossing over some stuff that happened that I think is is, is kind of yeah. important. Like we pick up right we're where we leave off. skipping to the end. Yeah. yeah. Um Dark Phoenix or at this point, Phoenix turns into Dark Phoenix in front of Scott. Like she her outfit transforms, she calls herself a Dark Phoenix, which I think is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like what would you do if like the next episode of this podcast I was like, I'm Dark Jeremy Greer? <laughs> <laughs> Are you pretty into it? We we um, we make that joke with uh, my friend Courtney in our game group. We talk about Dark Courtney and Shadow Courtney all the time. Mm-hmm. Like she'll say something kind of mean and be like, "Oh, that's Shadow Courtney." <laughs> like, Shadow Courtney's good. Uh, Autumn and I yeah. ha- have a um, we have a we we have a, a joke because um. We've been married for a long time, so we have dreams about each other. So she has Dream Jeremy that I had to create because she would wake up <laughs> mad at me for what whatever I did to her in her dream. I'm like, that's not me, dog. That's Dream Jeremy. Dream Jeremy yeah. did all of that. Yeah. I've, I've been there before, too. Like, that's definitely a thing yeah. where it's like, oh, man, like, Dream Me is a jerk. And it's like, well, I can't, you know, can't, can't do anything about that. Yeah. It sucks <laughs> for you. Random electrical impulses. Like, you, sh- you should have better yeah. dreams. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's meaningless. The, um, yeah, it's very funny that she she called her that herself that. Also, her hair gets all like crazy and poofed out and stuff too because she's just like, again, you know, we were talking about before the sexual liberation of Jean Grey, like this wild like unkempt hair and like flush skin and stuff. Like this is very much meant to be. That is the uh, the the barely subtext of the actual original story, and it kind of comes through here a little bit in the show as well. Like she goes and gets in a bunch of BDSM gear and then gets her groove back in a real serious way. Do you think that the writers of the show were aware of that and trying to slide some of this stuff in? Or do you think they were just kind of basically copying the comics at this point with their storyline? Because it's essentially a, the comic book story. Like we don't, we're not going to veer too yeah. far off of what happens in the comic book. So I'm curious if that was just like, they're making the Xerox copies and they accidentally included the nipple or if they were like trying to subtly hint that the nipple was there. I think that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't do this just by copying just the images. Like I think that they, you know, or just like the beats. I think they probably understood the story at least a little bit. I, uh, but I also don't think, like, I think they tried to present the story, and they toned down all the kind of sexual undertones, but I don't think that they, um, you know, they were just like, let's slip a little bit of sex stuff in. Gotcha. You know, so, like, the really astute kids will know, like, this is about her, you know, getting getting dominion over her power, her <laughs> erotic powers. Getting those interesting orgasms, right? Yeah, this is about her having more interesting orgasms rather than the stock standard double A battery orgasm you get from Scott Summers, you know? <laughs> Like, the, um, after he falls off and goes to sleep because he has he has to get up at 5.30 to eat cereal and watch the McGolfin group and you have to take care of yourself, you know? Why do you have a Matlock podcast, Scott Summers? That's the most boring <laughs> yeah. kind of podcast. And I can't believe that you and your Matlock buddy wake up at 5.30 in the morning eating cereal together to talk about Matlock. On a There's podcast. no Matlock buddy. It's just Scott. He's just doing different voices. Well, look, I like, was giving uh, him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, we talked about this. He might have a buddy like uh, how Principal Skinner has Gus. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, definitely in the got Simpsons. A, like yeah. he's got some weird old guy who works at the clock shop that uh, <laughs> talks about Matlock with him. Like, I, I met him when I need to get my watch fixed. He's actually very interesting, Gene. Gene, <laughs> Gene, where'd you go? Gene, come back here. Gene, what do you think about yeah. this new intro for my podcast of Matlock? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's the Matlock theme, Gene. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, we use the we use the theme from the show. I can play it with my mouth, Gene. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess like the team shows up, she turns into Dark Phoenix, and then she jets to space, and she kind of blasts everybody off the roof at the same time. Wolverine falls into some ducks and has some great lines about it, which I think is really really funny. This, Again, yeah. Wolverine's ducks lines or Wolverine's lines in this show are just just absolutely fucking yeah. great. I hate ducks. I think is what he says, but yeah. it's very weird that he says it like ah oh, ducks. I hate ducks. It's like <laughs> it's, well, a, it's a real yeah. Garfield delivery, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like the writer just knew that he had to be surly. Um, Rogue picks up Gambit and saves him. And he's just like, you save me. You don't save Wolverine, no? Must mean you want a little kiss. Like, you know, he he turns into Scuzzbag and she dumps him in the lake. And it's great. Like, you know, there's a cosmic entity that's going to destroy everyone on Earth. But, like, we're still having fun and flirting and stuff. Yeah. Because it's the the X-Men. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, You know, very, very good. Um the Dark Phoenix shows up at this point in the, this kind of park after everyone had kind of left, uh, starts yelling, and they try to fight her, and they can't. Uh, they cannot get through because, again, she is ultra, ultra, ultra powerful. Yeah, and they like they try all kinds of stuff, and nothing actually works. And um, it's not until Jean, excuse me, it's not until the Dark Phoenix knocks out Scott Summers that Jean comes back into control of her own body, and she's like, "Oh shit, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you." Like, "Oh my god, this 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 is horrible. I can't I can't believe I did this. I've got to go," <laughs> and then just leaves. Yeah, I'm I'm getting out of here to go make this 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 kind of you know sacrifice and or sacrifice upon five billion people. Um, and not. she flies into space and we get this little subplot with these two Shi'ar guys, uh, here whose voice actors are very funny to me because they don't sound like any voice actors on the show. Uh, to me, one of the guys got a real kind of lilty, you know, like, like, like what would be considered a stereotypical, like a lisp, like a stereotypical gay voice. Oh, I was going to, I was going to go like with the Shakespearean kind of accent, but without any of the, the vocabulary to back it up. Well, there's two of them. There's like the main guy who's like that. And then there's an assistant who's like, a who's, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, gotcha. and it's just, it's such a, it's such a choice, you know, like it's obviously like I have no, you know, uh, like it, I don't have any, any hate in my heart for that voice. I don't you know, but it, that's what it sounds like. Somebody trying to do that kind of voice. And it's like, why would you make your two Shi'ar guys like sound like this? Like, I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah, and they're um, just kind of um, they're kind of bummed out, like, and they have this weird like they do spend a little bit more time on this than I would have expected because like you've, we find out that they're like exploring space systems and like one of them's like, what do you think we found? A whole lot of nothing. Like we could be out here exploring yeah. entire galaxies, but we're out <laughs> yeah. here looking at this lifeless planet. <laughs> like, yeah, what this are is you a guys bad doing? job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jean Jean shows up, um, and a little bit to like the the team, you know, got to get rid of the. Uh, got rid of phoenix like she does start destroying the star system and she doesn't know it's not populated you sure. know mm-hmm. at this point like it is it's sheer 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 luck that this is not a, a disaster on which you know the scale of like a galactus scale um and you know all these natural disasters come from her eating the star um it's weird that she eats stars like the whole phoenix like wiping out galaxies through consumption you know or through like what the motivation is for phoenix doing that you know, the the Phoenix, like in the comic, I think is kind of like uh, inconsistently portrayed because it's sometimes it's meant to be this like cleansing force for good, you know, the the cleansing of fire and stuff. But and it has a mind behind it, you know, and sometimes it just seems like it's just kind of a random like force of nature. 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's like they want to have their Galactus cake and eat it too. Like either, totally. Either you're gonna you're gonna have to like personify this to the point where it's an actual like entity with a thought process and with motivations, or it's a cosmic force that just does whatever the fuck it wants to because it's a cosmic force and we can't understand that. Like exactly. The, and the, and this is this has always been kind of weird to me too. Even in the comics, when she does actually destroy like this entire planet full of people like why like i get that she's angry but like she just in the comics i don't think that there is any kind of reasoning for this she just goes and finds it and does it because she's crazy and she's like she gets consumed with this power which i guess is a reason but like the the fact that they keep saying like feed off the star or absorb all the energy from the star which causes all these natural disasters is like where is she putting all that energy dog <laughs> what are you doing yeah, yeah and why doesn't she do it uh, all the time <laughs> like she never she, ever does this with just one person yeah it, it's super weird and she's not a uh she's not uh galactus you know she doesn't like seem to need to feed yeah you know like it, it, that's never been part of the mythology and then also like you know, you could make the argument like, oh, she has a little bit of personality because it's gene, you know, it's gene uh, uh, tempering through the Phoenix. But then why is gene wanting to kill all the Dabari people? You know, like, it's just kind of weird. Like, gene's anger just means like literally 5 billion people have to die. Or in the TV show, just like the star system needs to be destroyed so no life can live there in the future. Like, it's a little inconsistent to me. Uh, maybe they explain that sometime in the comic, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, all of that Phoenix yeah. stuff that they do, that they've done most recently, is all kind of weird and crazy anyway. So not, let's yeah. not even get into, like, hey, we have now we, now there's five Phoenix hosts, and one of them is Namor. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 all been, it's all been retconned. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the Shar ship shows up, or not shows up, but is, like, sees Gene do this and immediately attacks, uh, or excuse me, sees Dark Phoenix do this and immediately attacks Dark Phoenix, and, like, no... Like they instantly basically dies. Like she just cuts off one of their wings and then flies away. <laughs> like that's, yeah, and that's all we see of those people. <laughs> I, I don't need to. I don't need to fuck with this. There's a really good yeah. moment when um after she cuts off the wings, they're like inside the ship, and you're all of the she are trying to like you know put out fires and stuff, and they just have like standard ass fire extinguishers, which I don't know why <laughs> the bird people having just like the red canisters <laughs> fire extinguishers cracks me up, but it does. That's that's how um you know in exchange for the uh, the danger room technology. We had to give them fire extinguisher technology. <laughs> yeah. How do you put like out- <laughs> just stole a bunch of them from like a a storage warehouse and that's what uh that's exactly what Magneto was doing really doing at that chemical factory back in season one, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was all fire retardants. Yeah. Um, um, so pretty, pretty Lodric, here, here's about this, and then like she makes you know we just go back to her like station or whatever, and when she's like, ah, oh, we've got to go deal with this, and then we go back to the X mansion. And uh, where thankfully Xavier just kind of outlines all of this for her. he's like, yep, this is what's happening. Like she gives us kind of like catches up the the viewer into what's what's happening, mm. what's been happening so far, which I guess is nice. Yeah, the um, so Scott uh, says like you know now I I think that she's coming back. I can feel a psychic rapport. Uh, B says like I'm gonna scramble her brain. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna get uh, this thing. Um, Uses a computer to make the, the, the brain scrambler. Has a picture of his deaf, ostensibly girlfriend that he was cheating on with, with that computer. Yep. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. With that you know robot later, uh, earlier on. And then it's like, who wants to test it? And then there's a cut here that is, is really astounding because it goes, uh, you know, when I watch this show, we talked about this before, it's hard to give this my complete attention. You know, I tend to watch each of them like a couple times and I watch them. I look at the notes, I, you know, but I watching it and you look down and I looked, I watched Beast and he's like, who wants to test this mind scrambler? I look away. The, uh, the next scene 
somebody is screaming. <laughs> I don't know who it is, though. It, somebody yells, though. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought it just cut to Beast, like, fitting this thing onto uh, Scott's head or something like that. Like, somebody's yelling, though. In the notes, it just has Gene back at her childhood home. But somebody's yelling. Like, there's a little bit well, of fight or something there. It's um, It, it had to be her because her cat, like, meows at her when she goes back to her house, right? Just, oh, it's definitely, it's definitely not the cat. Like, okay. that would be really amazing, know. too, if he tested on the cat. <laughs> I do, I do <laughs> like, want to I wanna go back a little bit when... Because when Beast has the idea for the brain scrambler, you would think that Charles Xavier had just not ever had a thought in his life because he's like, oh my God, why didn't I think of this? This is everything we should have been doing in Muir Island. Me and Moira didn't come up with this. We could have fixed this problem a long time ago. A brain scrambler. Like he's like, we'll do to all of our villains. Hank, I can kiss you. Why didn't I use Magneto? Why didn't I use one of these on Magneto? This would have been great. That's how you get Onslaught, Baldy. <laughs> I want to do that. Um, psych. Uh, but yeah, like he—he's and then the computer system. Um, and I'll probably put this on the Twitter feed because I made a gif of this as well. Like uh, the computer system he uses is pretty hilarious. Like he's just like tapping this touchscreen button with with like this giant touchscreen with giant text that says like cut, copy, and paste, which I just think is hilarious to make a brain scrambler. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. the whole thing cracks me. Yeah, up. it's really good. This this is this is some peak beast. Yeah, yeah. Really, Beast um, with all of these crazy robots. Um, I don't know if we saw it. I think we saw it when she's originally starting to kind of go crazy. And, like, all of the X-Men are, like, watching her, like, get, get a little, like, go crazy. She's actually, he's actually got, like, some sort of sensor out that pointed at her, like, trying to take readings or something. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. goofy. Like, the fact that they've just scienced this dude up. It's, it's a Game Boy. Like, it literally looks like he's holding a Game Boy. It like, does, yeah, but yeah. It, like, it, like, Beast keeps, like, aiming his Game Boy at Phoenix. And, so uh, and she's having none of it. Um, th- that's when that, this happens a little bit later. Cause first she goes to her, uh, this is cause she melts his game boy. And it's, it's very sad. Oh, that's, um, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It happens in this next scene. Um, because Jean goes back to her childhood home looking for her parents. Um, and nobody's there and her cat Prometheus, uh, is just like freaking out because like, you're not Jean, you're fucking the Phoenix man. Like, yeah, I know. I know who you cat. are. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Is that the why? Is that the reason Roars just scratched you in that last episode? Is that, it's probably, are, are you really, are you Phoenix scary? <laughs> That's because I said Phoenix, and he's like, don't bring that shit around me. Uh, <laughs> like, don't you bring that Phoenix here. Listen, Kat, let's have a discussion. The X-Men started in 1963 when, you know, <laughs> Stanley and... Um, so the, the X-Men show up to Jean's childhood home. I don't know, like, thank goodness her parents aren't there. They just happen to be out for the night or whatever, but, like... Well, they they, they show them. her parents in this scene. Um, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. I, I forgot about that. But like, right, they're just, it takes her a while to get there. Yeah, so I guess because of the psychic rapport, Cyclops has figured out that she's going to her childhood home, and they cleaned it out. So when this or the car pulls up, and she she hears the car pulling up to the driveway, she thinks it's her parents, so she rushes out. In reality, it's the X-Men, and like they're trying to put the scrambler on her brain, which does not work at all. She just melts that shit right down. But the hilarious part is like they go back and forth for a little while. Wolverine tackles her. They, he tries to kill her or no, he, he, she, Jean comes back and is like, kill me, kill me. And Wolverine's like, no, I can't. I love you. And then like a couple of minutes later, Cyclops just gets out of the car. Like he's just been chilling in the car the entire time, pretending to be her dad. <laughs> and it just, I don't know why, but him getting out of that car after people have been fighting for so long, cracked me up. Like, I, like it's just fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forgot about that. Like I, because the, the chronology here gets a little bit like, again, this is all just one. This is the rest of the episode is this fight scene. And we're not that far into the episode. Like, yeah. this is a long fight scene as well. 
Um, so she melts the scrambler, of course. Uh, and I, I wish this had just panned over to Xavier looking at Beast and just shaking his head slowly. <laughs> um, she, she melts Beast uh, Game Boy, uh, as we mentioned. Um, she's going to kill the X-Men, but Scott intervenes. It's like, Gene, you know, remember yourself. Uh, Xavier stuns her. Um, but she, she wakes up, you know, and, and destroys. And at some point during this, Jean, uh, is awake and is herself and says like, doesn't this is the first time where she's like, no, like kill me. Yeah. She starts saying that, which is some heavy shit for like a kid's cartoon. I remember watching this when I was young, like, you know, like I'm, I hate being out of control of this. Like you have to stop me while you can, you know, and there's, there's that they flirt with that idea a lot during these, these two episodes. Yeah, it's and it's something that comes up with with the Phoenix a lot, and that's the, one of the reasons that we like Logan is such an important part to the story. Is like she keeps turning to him as this, you know, uh, she, you can do it. Yeah, because you're the yeah. one, you're the killer. Like my my ostensibly my boyfriend slash hubby is not a killer. Like he's he's the good old boy. Yeah, um, yeah he's a he's a shitty cheat with a bad podcast, but he's not a killer. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we got two reviews last week. Okay, <laughs> they were both bad. But they were yeah, good. Exactly. Re- they were still reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matlock Monthly has, has <laughs> savaged us. Um, so the uh, uh, so she she Xavier goes to the psychic plane here, and we get to see Xavier's um, psychic out- armor, which we get to see every once in a while with his weird like fencing mask with a shark fin mm-hmm. on it and stuff, which is like one of the dorkiest outfits in X Men costume design history. It's like, uh, and I think this so is right bad. from the comics, but it's so bad. It's this is this is not good at all. I, I don't yeah. like a lot of Xavier's armor stuff, and this whole back and forth where they're like basically screaming at each other, and Xavier really thinks he's going to have the upper hand in a psychic battle with his own student whose powers are, you know, just crazy out of control right now, backed up by a cosmic being. Like I keep hammering on that. Like this is a crazy ass cosmic being. Xavier, what the fuck are you doing? Like what? Yeah. What are what are you doing? Yeah, he's he's desperate. Yeah. Also, he's desperate trying to trying to do it, and he he can't. Like he's not good enough. And I don't understand what happens here at all. Like he like they do something, and he says basically like he he that he has bound the power of the phoenix to himself or to his mind, which I just don't understand at all. Like what does that mean? What 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 is that? Mm-mm. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, good. Like, I'm glad. It, it's nonsense. Like it's just because <laughs> it's the power of love that saves everybody. Friendship is an important theme after all, mm-hmm. and that is what actually saves them in the end is her her love. Not any kind of weird bindings or, or psychic scramblers or Game Boys or anything. Um, so uh, Jean's back to herself, and the Shi'ar show up here and say, like, hey, the Phoenix has to be destroyed. Yep. And uh, that, then we get our to be continued. And this is, I mean, again, like, this is... I just, like, uh, this problem, I guess we're supposed to assume that the problem has been fixed. Like, oh, Xavier went to her mind, got his ass kicked, but then bound her or something, and now she, everything's fine. Like, she's she's going to be okay. Like, if, if this were the last we've heard of it, um, it would make sense, you know, uh, we'd believe that, that Jean was back. But Phoenix comes back later in the next episode, and Phoenix is always, like, bubbling over the surface. Like, if you ignore the weird modern Namor as Phoenix nonsense, like that's kind of the idea is that Phoenix has never gone forever. Like she can always go back because this is serialized storytelling and they might want to bring her back for, you know, ratings or because they won't have a story they want to tell with her. So it's kind of naive for anyone to be like, we've turned off the Phoenix, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like I don't, I don't particularly, <laughs> and it's fine. Like we needed, we needed a break from the Phoenix, right? And like, this is just whatever, like hand wavy, hand wavy thing. Like that we, so that, that now that there's, 
because we're going to move from this confrontation between the X-Men and the Phoenix to the, the X-Men as a team, including the Phoenix versus like the intergalactic council or whatever the fuck they call this. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, uh, cause you know, the fights with the Phoenix are getting boring because you, you literally can't fight the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's still, it's not like, you know, another, uh, point towards like, Hey, murder Jean gray. Cause she might be the Phoenix, but it does have to be taken seriously. Cause the Phoenix is going to keep coming back. And this is shown like time and time again, even in this episode, like they, they get temporary wins. Um, luckily we move on to a, a long stretch without the Phoenix here. Um, in the dark Phoenix saga, part four fate of the Phoenix, um, the X-Men battle Alondra's Imperial guards for custody of Phoenix slash Jean gray. When Phoenix falls in battle, Xavier seizes the opportunity to immobilize the Phoenix and commands the X-Men to destroy their own teammate. Sure. That's yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so there are the, the Imperial guard are approaching and they're about to, uh, you know, just to fight. And like, this is one of the silliest things that happens in the show, I think <laughs> because Xavier reads their minds. This all happens very fastly mm-hmm. fast, like reads their mind, says a bunch of shit. And, and she are says nonsense words is what he does. Absolutely. Nonsense words to, to, uh, convince them to do a trial by combat to prevent them from fighting. Like they, they were going to like, they were going to fight right now. Like the X-Men versus the Imperial Guard to fight for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, 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 no. Wait, what wait. if the X-Men fight the Imperial Guard for the Phoenix? And they're like, oh, damn, he got us again. He and it's really, like, you guys, really everyone, got us. Like, you guys want the same thing and everyone's getting what they want. Like, this yeah, is so dumb. If he trusted, if he trusted, the only thing I could, the only way I can justify this is with the, is this is basically like a time buffer, right? Like he just wants more yeah, time, he's buying before, time before the combat so that he can talk to the laundry and try to fix this without having a fight. Like, which and is so a, they can rest. Yeah. And so they can just have a goddamn break every once in a while. Yeah, they need to, they need to get their spells back. Like, also, we should also yeah. note that, uh, like Phoenix destroyed Xavier's wheelchair. So like, he's just being carried around by people a lot for this episode until he gets yeah. in a wheelchair. <laughs> Um, but they just like teleport th- these dudes into space. Like that's it. Like they just straight mm-hmm. up teleport them into space, and then like they're on a ship. And all the re- pretty much the rest of this episode takes place either in a- on a spaceship or literally on the moon. So yeah, yeah. It's um, it's uh, it's a little bit silly, but it does give us a little bit of that downtime mm-hmm. we want, which is that um, because they get a chance to like train and kind of like you know. Uh, get ready for things over this next little scene before the big fight. And that's like directly from the comics and is really good in the comics. Like everyone's saying goodbye. Everyone's dealing with the situation in their own way. Like that's a great issue of this, uh, of uh, the X-Men comics of uh, the saga. Um, we show up there. Um, you know, Lalandra is like, I don't know if we should grant this, like the space duel. Let me check in with the other empires. Talks to the Supreme intelligence of the Kree, which like, I don't think this is the first time this thing has shown up, but I think it's the first time it's been voiced. Yes. And mm-hmm. like, I love the supreme intelligence of the Kree, which is just like, you just like a, like a weird, it's like, like just like a fat rotten vegetable kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Skrull Empress who has serious witch voice, like, nah, it'll be fine with the Skrull. You know, it, it's, it's really, yeah. really strange the way that they've, they've voiced these two, these two like kind of important beings in the Marvel, like, you know, if you take yeah. the Marvel cosmic universe, but yeah, like just taking, and I, I kind of wish that it wasn't just the Shi'ar, right? Like, I wish that it was, I wish there were representatives of the, the Kree and the Scroll there to, like, have this, like, basically trial of Jean Grey. Because I think that'd be more interesting if it was just, than if it was just the Shi'ar. But 
it, at least yeah. they at least they like acknowledge the fact like hey it's not just us that are mad at this chick like this chick could be a danger to everything in the universe yeah all of well, space thing, life if you will yeah like i, I will uh i've got to consult my space monsters about this like the thing about uh it being if there are other representatives in the fight is that the kree and scrawl are really boring to fight like, the scrawl not so much i mean they can shapeshift and stuff the kree are just like spacemen mm-hmm. with jetpacks and lasers you know the imperial guard are pretty much spacex men yeah so absolutely. like it, you know it's, it's a more fun fight that way but like having one representative for each or having them watch or something would have been cool Mm-hmm. Um, this is also where they pan across the um, the oh, weird audience, all the aliens, like, yeah, from from Mojo. Like it's like the Mojoverse audience is back, <laughs> um, where yeah. nobody has brought a member of their own species to the ball. <laughs> like yeah, everybody <laughs> interspecies dating is everywhere, <laughs> which is cool. Like it's just like yeah, man. If you have the entire universe to choose from, like the um, I'm reading um, Ecstatics again. Okay, and uh, I don't know if you've ever read that comic. No. Um, it's, it's very good. You should read it. Um, start, it started, it's weird. It started as like a re relaunch of X-Force, like totally different. So you have to start with, with X-Force. Oh yeah. Yeah. Started. I'm sorry. I, I did read some of this. I don't think I've read like the whole thing, but I think the, oh. you recommended this to me like a long time ago. So I said I should read it. And I don't think I read some. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. I, I like that comic a whole lot. And one of the things I like about it is that like people get attracted to like weird mutant, you know, bodies. Like there's like this thing, there's this girl who's like made of energy who lives in the suit. You know, and it's just her suit. It's like real weird. Like she's real weird looking. Like there are parts of her body that don't connect, and like everyone's just like, "Damn!" You know, like there's no like everyone is just kind of omni. And it really, it's not like particularly horny. Like it's it's more cute than that. But everyone's just kind of like, "Yeah, she like, like she looks really good." And like she just looks like this really alien kind of thing. And that's what this is to me. Like it seems like everybody's just kind of going for it. like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll fucking make out with a pterodactyl." You know, I'll, 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 I'll hold hands with a mushroom. Like fuck it. You know, like it's it's all good. Um, that's, that's the, uh, the space culture that we're dealing with in the X world here. And you run into that a little bit with the X-Men where like, you know, people romantic or romance, romanticizing like beast yeah. or Caliban or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause beast and, um, the chick from sword are an item a lot of, time, yeah. a lot of times. Who's agent brand yeah. is her name. Agent yeah. brand. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, I think Agents of Shield is about to tackle next season. By the way, oh really? Yeah, they're going to do Sword. I think they're going to get to Sword. The the very like, I mean like this is kind of a meaningless thing because it comes literally out of nowhere. But like the last scene in the last season is literally uh, Agent Coulson being transported to space. Like wow. So yeah. I wonder if they're like setting up not just because of like the popularity of Guardians, but they're they're doing that because of Infinity War. You know, oh, yeah. like they have to move the the side properties into that, and then the X Men are going to space as well. Like there's kind of a concerted. You know, I know those are own people, different different people own those, but like all the Marvel movies are going to space. Yeah. Spider-Man's going to space. Like that's, that's. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna, the, um, they're going to go right to the black symbiote costume with no, uh, no preamble. Oh, the, um, I mean, they are doing Please. that Venom movie. So there, I mean, there's going to be some space since they're, they're doing that Venom movie, but yeah. I've, n- I've never watched agents of shield. And like, I know that the first season's not supposed to be very good and then it gets good. Um, but it's just been on for so long that it's like. You know, it's it's hard for me to want to get into. It's um, it'll take a long time. It's it's yeah, it's one of those shows like I could I can't really in good conscience recommend it to you. Like the beginning of this last season was mostly around Ghost Rider, which mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll give them props for like getting the effects right. Like he looked really fucking cool. Um, there's a gif mm-hmm. on my Twitter feed somewhere because I that I made because it just looked fucking awesome. Like him with the chains and the flaming skull and everything just looked rad as hell. And then um, but it was the plot is all like this weird demonic book that people want and then like this weird robot gets it gets the robot so now she's like a android but can cast spells and like it just gets ridiculous and then there's all kinds of multiple universe stuff that happens and 
if you're invested in it, it was actually pretty good because it was a way to bring back characters that had died from the previous seasons in an interesting way. But like, I don't know how you would jump on it at this point. Like, it's not that <laughs> it's not that interesting. Yeah, I would I would have to jump on from the beginning, and that's a that's a lot to ask. You, know, you don't so, want to watch 88 episodes? I, you know, like someday, <laughs> like you know, which which means never, you know. Yeah, but like it, it's a you know, I like to think someday perhaps that will happen, and it just uh, it won't. I you know, I don't. I just don't like TV that much, and like I'm never going to have enough time to watch all the TV that like I feel like I should, you know. Well, that one then there's like actually good television out there. Like I enjoy watching bad TV. Like me and Autumn will like hang out on the couch and you know chill out or talk and bullshit while watching Agents of Shield in the background or whatever. Like that's a that's a good time. But like I, I can't I can't imagine like dimming the lights, breaking out the popcorn, <laughs> turning on Agents of Shield and getting really into it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be like it's not even even for good TV. Like that's just me where it's like I don't you know. And this is not a weird brag. It's just like TV doesn't occur to me. Like I don't I don't really like watching TV very much. Gotcha. You know, so like even good TV, like it just doesn't, you know, I, and this isn't a brag because like I play tons of video games. Like I just don't want to sit down and watch something, you know, I do it every once in a while, but it never, it never occurs to me. Like I'd rather, I like, I like playing video games. I like reading. I like playing instruments. I like playing music. And that's pretty much like how I pass my free time. So yeah, can't do everything. Can't. So someday, someday I'll get around to all that TV I need to watch. Yeah. When you're, um, when we get old enough to not be able to play video games anymore. Yeah. And if I if I don't if I don't die, and if you do, um, <laughs> if you don't die because we yeah. have lack of healthcare in this country now, yeah, which I will die from that. So the uh, this is all hypothetical. Yes. Like here I am talking about an eighty eight episode TV show. Like I'm going to have time or be alive long enough to watch it. Uh, yeah, right. Wow, the, this, took, um, this took a turn from Agents of Shield is talking about sword to let's all die together in the year twenty seventeen. Yeah, we're going to need those agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to rescue us. That's true. Uh, so this is, like, after this uh, Korean scroll stuff, this is where uh, we get kind of our almost vignettes, like almost like these little mini short stories with the characters. And so uh, Beast and uh, Storm are kind of talking, and Beast is seriously on some, like, thought crime shit. Like, he's like, Jean hasn't done anything. I feel very uncomfortable, like, killing somebody that hasn't done anything just because she might do something. And this is probably the best Beast has been in any episode we've covered for this podcast. Like, am I, am I right on that? Because it feels like this is Beast making sound, logical points without any kind of poetry speech or, you know, flourishes around it, just making some serious, solid points. Yeah, he's um, he's not uh, he's not trying to joke or be, be obnoxious or anything. Like it's it's just him. It's him making an argument that makes sense for him to make an argument. Uh, you know, uh, like yeah, this is good beast. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what he should be in the the show. And it's just the reason why they make him do all this other stuff is because they don't know what else to have him do. Yeah, because he can't be this all the time because the stakes aren't ever this high. Like you can't have but, him like spend ten minutes philosophizing about you know <laughs> the juggernaut. <laughs> you can't have him well, <laughs> <laughs> an unstoppable. And then when they try to make him do it, like you know, an unstoppable force fascinating you know like they 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 try to and it sucks but this is this is first season beast when he was like even though he was annoying he kept quoting you know poetry he's like no i'm gonna wait for my trial like they you know i'm gonna get out in the the bonds of the system like when the x-men debated kind of philosophy we've taken a couple seasons off doing that to, to focus on character drama things but this is like a return of first season beast um the uh uh so that's what beast and storm are upset wolverine and gambit are training against these robots Mm-hmm. And uh, Wolverine's very upset. Like he just cares about Jean. He doesn't care about all this pomp and circumstance. Um, Xavier tries to manipulate Lalandra uh, into this. 
like you've got it as a lover's quarrel, but I read it as he tries to get into her head because then she's like, what are you even doing? You know? Oh, okay. Cause I, I thought that this was like a common thing for them to hang out in the psychic plane together. Like, like you do with your psychic boyfriend. And then they would just like had a fight in here. Like they would have had a fight in the real world. She gets, she gets mad out of nowhere. Like she gets real mad. Like something's happening. Like, and I feel like this was Xavier trying to break the rules. Um, mm. you know, who do who knows? I'd have to watch it again to be sure. But like, that's what it seemed like to me. Definitely not going to do that. <laughs> I am yeah, over not, and done this work. episode. No, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Hey, daysoffuturecast.com slash contact if you want your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can reread it, but that's why I read it as. It might be mm-hmm. open to interpretation, but it's a you know it's a cool scene anyway. Because I again this I like this little check-in moment. Um uh, and then Cyclops and Rogue are just kind of talking about it because like we're the rest and the rest. Yeah. You know, who's somebody who Cyclops has not talked to the entire uh show? <laughs> and Jubilee like, who, is who, not what's here, a friendship we haven't established? Uh, Cyclops and Rogue. Fuck it. Um, but then Jean shows up in her weird old X-Men uh, Marvel Girl outfit with the weird, you know, the green uh, uh, mask. Yeah, it's like the green mod skirt with the yellow, the yeah. bright yellow, uh, like, the Catwoman eyes. But It's just two giant triangles that are connected around her face. She's pointing upwards. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's just... I, I, I get why they're doing this, right? Because like we're coming, they're 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 planning on different comic book characters, just like we had excuse me cover with a uh, Wolverine in the sewers, like kind of looking up at the up at the at the camera, like we that was a comic book character, excuse me, cover that was super important and is iconic, and they're trying to get back to that with this uh, Cyclops and Gene thing on the moon from you know from the Dark Phoenix saga, but it just feels. In the comic books, like they had this whole costume machine because, like, Kitty Pride is like fucking with this costume machine the entire comic book, and like we don't have yeah. that. So this feels like, did you go sew an outfit? Like, where did you, what? <laughs> where did you get she, this? She, had, she dipped into the Phoenix Force for a second. Yeah, just a just a tiny, just a little touch, just one little touch, a little key bump of an yeah. outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, yep. The uh, so this is um, you know, this is good, and this is her saying like, hey, this uh, when I'm the Phoenix, this is what I want to do. Uh, and shows him a vision of her destroying the whole world. That's probably part of the reason why I think that uh, I thought that she did, you know, because it, it get all kind of blurred together, the comic and with this. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is, this is like the entire thing with this entire vision, I think is hilarious because like we see, we see all of this animation of like, you know, oceans conquering these cities and cities on fire and it's interlaid with like this transparent, like actual fire effect that we talked about way back when we talked about the Phoenix to begin with. And it's just like, why did you do this? It looks so awful <laughs> integrated yeah. with this weird, like it's got this, this unreal quality to it that just looks gross and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it being impressive at some point, sort of, but, but not really. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but, but she's, she's saying this is when she's saying like, maybe they're right and I can't. You know, I can't be. Yeah. Because um, she's, yeah. she's thinking that, like, this is, like, she actually needs to be put down, basically. Yes. And she even says, like, is it worth the cost of all of these lives? And she's and Cyclops is like, it's worth, every, you're worth everything to me. And I'm like, yo, dude, like, see, listen to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, listen to what you're saying right now. Other than hanging out with you when you're in a coma when I could go kiss Dazzler. You're worth everything mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. to, but not including <laughs> that point. <laughs> like, I imagine after he said this, uh, he did that like look left, look right thing to try to look around to see if Dazzler's around. Was like you're worth everything, like and just, kind of, <laughs> just like he's telling a racist joke. Did he exactly? Like, <laughs> and he's gonna do that for the rest of his life just to make sure there's no Dazzler side piece like <laughs> winking from the corner. You know, the um, um, yeah, it's it's a 
so she, you know, but he's back in, in in love with her now that he's you know even if we, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say like hey he's actually he's he's breaking good. Um, so the the X Men uh, they're gonna fight the Imperial Guard on the blue side of the moon, uh, which is you know pretty fucking awesome set piece. And this fight mm-hmm. goes on for a long time. It really um, does, which is really kind of cool though because the Shi'ar suck. But again, I think I talked about this back in the first appearance of the Shi'ar uh, Imperial Guard. Is always like looking at them in the like the who's who in the Marvel Universe uh, handbook entries and checking them out and like checking out their cool powers and their cool costume designs. And we get a lot of that here. Like uh, we get introduced to a lot of members of the Imperial Guard. There's a lot of cool like mix-ups in this fight. And there's um, several occasions where they and we talked about this with the Mister Sinister's Nasty Boys where. Uh, like the X-Men just seem to name them. Like at one point Rogue is just like, uh, and I can't remember who it is. It's, it's the psychic one or whatever. It's just like, she, she just yells at them and yells their name. And I'm like, do you guys, like, I know you've met once, but every time you yeah. meet, you fight. <laughs> like, what, are, you, are you guys on each other's Christmas cards list? Are you friends on Facebook? Like what, did, what is happening here? Uh, they remember each other's names better than I could. Ex- yeah. Sure. Cause I don't remember. I'm re- I know gladiator because his name is fucking gladiator and he has a giant gladiator hat. Like that's, that's an easy one. Um, but the rest of them are just kind of cool powers and like, they look neat. The visual design is neat. And then I think they have a lot of fun fighting the X-Men. Like this is another one of those like hellfire club fights where like the, the power set kind of matches one another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I actually imagine the X-Men knowing these names because they studied them. You know, there's, there's again, like I also reread, uh, I'm rereading old comfort comics cause I got that Marvel unlimited thing. Um, reread new X-Men and like, um, there's a thing where like beast and Cyclops talk about uh, staying up all night, having to study all their old villains because Xavier had like hand watercolored all these illustrations of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do remember. And like, I I always love that detail. And it's just been like, that's way scarier than the actual villains were is the idea of him staying up late at night and doing this, (laughs) you know? And I imagine that's like the X-Men have to do that now as well. Um, so there's not, you know, this is, this is a fight. Uh, you know, Gambit says it's like Mardi Gras. Looks like some spooky Mardi Gras. There's never ever been a spooky Mardi Gras. <laughs> are there are there are there certain kinds of Mardi Gras? Like this is like this is spooky Mardi Gras. This is horny Mardi Gras. This is like patriotic Mardi Gras. Um, so like there's a d- bunch of different kinds of parades, and like the parades can mean different things. So you can get like horny Mardi Gras, which is usually like uh like there's a, the like decadence is like where the it's like the big gay parade or whatever. Um. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's crazy fun and like everyone's half naked all the time and it's, you know, d- you know, debaucherous and all that stuff. Like it's fun. And then there's like, but like the individual floats could be patriotic or could be horny or whatever, but like spooky Mardi Gras, like it's, you're, you have like trailers full of people throwing, you know, either beads or f- fruit or vegetables at crowds full of drunk people. Like there's nothing spooky about this. <laughs> like it cannot be <laughs> the closest you could get would be like something like Zulu, but that's more of like a costume thing. Like that's more of like a Halloween costume, you know, this is our culture and we're showing it to you kind of type of situation more than it is spooky. So I don't, I, man, I don't, I don't know what spooky Mardi Gras is, but it's definitely not just a bunch of empty buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like, blue light. <laughs> and so, so some weird, some superheroes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else happens in this fight? Um, there, there's a rogue versus gladiator kind of rematch yeah. where they fight and gladiators like, you know, you can't do this. And, and rogue says something funny. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but like, she's just like, you know, give me a chance. They fight and she kind of holds her own for a little while, which is good, but everyone's getting taken down. So like the X-Men are losing slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, and it's basically just a series of scenes where every, either by ones or twos, all of the X-Men get knocked out or, 
taken out of the fight so that only Cyclops and Jean are going to remain. Yeah, pretty pretty much Gladiator does most of the taking out because he mm-hmm. takes out Wolverine as well. Um, Wolverine stabs in this like weird robot thing and stabs in the guts and it's trying to heal itself and Wolverine's going to leave when Gladiator shows up because Gladiator is, is pretty you know fucking unstoppable. Um, as long yeah. as he's got to have faith. Yeah, as long as he's got faith. And he does because, again, this is at the very least arguable. You know, he, the, this uh, Phoenix thing, regardless mm-hmm. of whether you agree or not, like it's, it's, you know, an argument. Um, so G and Phoenix are the last people there. Um, they're going to make this last stand. Um, Scott gets taken out and Jean's like, Oh wait, I'm the Phoenix, which like, did the, did the Imperial guard or the Shiar not even think this would happen or could happen? Why is Jean Grey allowed into this fight? <laughs> yeah. It really seems like it. Like, no, she's cured. Okay. We accept that. Yeah. Why well, is it- if you accept that? Why are we fucking having the fight? Like, yeah. <laughs> Why are you? Why did you put her in the fight? To why, why, like to me, if if the only thing to hold back the Phoenix from taking over Jean Grey is Xavier, then put her next to Xavier because Xavier's not in this fight. Like he's telepathically like talking to him or whatever, but like he's not down there in the you know in the combat. Put her next to him, like, and then whoever wins this fight between the Imperial Guard and the X Men get to execute her or get to take her back to Earth or or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But none of that matters because, like, Xavier just makes a complete 180 and is like, actually, you know what? Phoenix is pretty bad. Let's kill her. Scott, kill your wife. <laughs> kill, yeah. that, kill that chick you've been in love with since you were 16. <laughs> and do it because I said so and I'm your father. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very, very strange. Like, do it, do it. And and she wants to die, too. Everyone is saying, hey. Like, she she wakes up mm-hmm. at this point and says, like, no, do it. You know, we got to team up with the CR. Like, you got to kill me. Um. But he, they don't do it, and she takes over the weapons on the Lander ship, ship, and uses them to uh, destroy herself. So she she commits kind of like some kind of weird suicide. Um, but the Phoenix can't die because Phoenix is in the name. Yeah, like it's 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 right there in the <laughs> in the title. Yeah. Um, like in this whole thing, like we get just barely any rest after this happens. Like the X Men barely have time to react. Scott is about to like start one of his like typical Scott Summers Matlock rants against Lalandra, and then just like gets interrupted when she just when Phoenix just comes back to life. She's like, "Hey, I'm back. What's up? I'm here." Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and so so she uh you know she comes back. Um, she says like you can sacrifice. Gives them a choice to sacrifice like a part of themselves that you and then save Jean. Um, like, so if you give up a little bit of yourself, I will give up Jean essentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they say yes. And then the power of love shoes Phoenix away mm-hmm. and that's it. And it ends really quickly at this point. We have, like, I was looking at, I remember looking up at the, the file and it's like, Oh, there's 45 seconds left. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> there's going to be no respite after this whatsoever. Yeah. Like, and this whole giving up, uh, there, there's a phrase here that the Phoenix uses. And the Phoenix Force, by the way, is now like all calm and cool and collected. Like, oh, yeah. We, why? We, you could, yeah. Also, why? Like, I guess killing it just brings it back into be normal. I don't, okay, whatever. Uh, but she's like, if you give up part of your flame, your flame, your your flame would, if you give up part of your flame, you will also be diminished slightly. And all the X-Men just don't question that whatsoever. I would have questions. <laughs> Excuse me. What is that? <laughs> Does that mean I'll live like 15 years less? Does that? Yeah. Am my I power's not going to work as well. Yeah. Am I into weird flame sex now? Like I need to know exactly what you're, what you need or what you're going to do to me, my body when you take away my quote unquote flame. Yeah. You know, when, the, when they when they all hold hands and get kind of their power diminished. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it means either. This happened all the time in uh, New Mutants as well with, with Warlock, mm-hmm. where they had to give up a little bit of their life force to him. Like, you know, self-friend, War, Warlock, give me some of your life force. And then they would do it, 
And uh, but there's no context for what that is. It makes him tired for a little bit. I imagine it's like giving blood. Okay. Like you have to have an orange juice afterwards, but you're pretty much good at the end of the day. Like your arm, like don't don't sock me in the arm for a day. And I guess you know that's that's proven because like literally the next scene, like uh, like we just see Jean like laying in bed and being asleep. <laughs> She's just yeah, she, Jean's okay. Yeah, she Jean ends up fine. The X Men are fine again. We don't ever get like a postscript of this, which we would have done a real, a lot. And then uh, Lalandra shows up and says like. You know, Xavier's like, I can't read your mind. <laughs> Why are you shutting me out? And uh, she's like, yeah. Um, you know, she doesn't say it. Like, what she says is real weird. She's like, I can't be, I have to keep, you know, my, my people first or something like that. In no uncertain terms, it seems like she break, they break up. But it's not direct. Yeah, or in very uncertain to, terms, rather. She has to let the, I think she's something like to the extent of, like, the duty of being an empress over the desires of my heart or something. Um, yes, and when have those things ever been like? You've always been doing the duty of being an empress. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, we we just got we just got done with a bunch of duty of being an empress. You just um, you just you just happened to bone me on the side, which I thought was a pretty good arrangement. Yeah, <laughs> it's work out. Like every once in a while, we interact, and like we you you can beam me up whenever you want for like super super hot paraplegic sex, you know, and that like that's yeah. Or psychic plane shenanigans. I'd imagine that, you can that's get, actually true. Get super yeah. down in some psychic plane shenanigans. That's why he wears the, that weird kink armor. That like uh, <laughs> Lalandra sex harness, which is also the name of his band. Uh, and it's also yeah. what I call my penis. So just the Lalandra sex harness. Yeah, yeah, just a weird coincidence dun, dun, that you brought dun, that up dun, now. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, so and then it just goes brink credits. And, and and I think that we would have really benefited from some postscript. Yeah, I wouldn't. This. I would have minded. I wouldn't have minded like one of those, um, like a, a fifth episode of this, where at, while we see like how Scott is dealing with this Gene stuff, how Xavier is dealing with this Alondra stuff, like Jubilee has to fight off like a shitty villain or something, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like a like, like a, a kind of a, a story B plot, and then have like like so there's action like Jubilee is taking down I don't know Arcade or something like, and then but yeah. at the same time like the, the we're going back to the mansion to see like I think it would really benefit from this. I need to look up and see exactly which episodes are next because I don't remember because I don't. It's, I think it's Juggernaut. So it just goes right into fucking Jorgonaut. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, think he, I knew he was on accident. I think he just pronounced him as the Jorgonaut. Like the, the idea of the Jorgonaut. At least I didn't say Jorgonaut, Juggernaut like I always do. Yeah. I don't know what it is about my accent that says Juggernaut. Jorgonaut. Um, <laughs> the Jorgonaut. Um, I think we're, we're doing Jorgonaut next. but it And maybe there's a little bit of like, maybe that's the the A plot and there's some B plot of dealing with the fallout of Jean. But if I had to guess, no, or just Jean doesn't appear in the episode. We're just supposed to imply that she's rusting. Yeah, oh. yeah. Our next one is. I mean, we're going to deal with um, Cyclops's dad a little bit, but then also Juggernaut. So, oh, okay. Yeah, um, I think this is a really good arc. Um, I think the fights are fun and varied, and the characters that they're fighting against are interesting. Um, it's not perfect, but I think this is a really good, good story arc in this cartoon. I do too. I think this is this is a solid representation of a really great story from the comics. I think that for the most part, everything works together. Like it's, it's easy to kind of pull apart some of the, some, some of the dumb stuff, but uh, overall I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's way ridiculous. Like Jean, we didn't, we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but dark, anytime dark Phoenix is saying anything, it's just so over. The, oh, like it's, it's like storm. It's like good storm almost, but it's still not great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really over the top and, and kind of bad, good, but um, it works. Like the whole thing works for me as a story. Yeah, me too. Like I think I think that they don't um they don't really know 
like exactly how to personify Phoenix. And that's the, the fact that they make her into that kind of like, you know, ultra storm kind of voice performance, like kind of shadows that or underlines it, you know, but for the most part, I really like this. Um, and it's, it's so far, I think like, I think the X factor episode is the best individual episode so far. I think this is the best arc that we're going to get in season three. Um, and, and we'll have to continue with the show and I'll see more of the kind of multi-episode arcs that we have to deal with in season four and five, but this could be the best of the multi-season or multi-episode arcs. Yeah. Just, just looking ahead, like nothing's really calling my, calling my name or really getting my radish up as far as multi-episode stuff. So, um, I don't know, yeah. like th- that beyond good and evil stuff like with apocalypse and cable and things like that. That could be a real fun time. Like that. Might yeah. Be that's, that's real good. Yeah. 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 Even though like we're, we are getting to, I think that coincides with the weird time stream stuff with that weird time imp that hangs out with Bishop. Oh, probably. In, in yeah. the, uh, in the astral plane. Like that thing is, is really something like, I can't, I can't wait. wait to run into that boy. <laughs> like that, that character is one of the worst characters that's ever been on the show. Like, uh, and he's, he's caught, he's TV show specific. I don't think he's in the comic at all. So, Looking forward to that. We need we need to make a toy. Put this character yeah. in your cartoon. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So yeah, this is going to conclude. Like, dark. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like you were talking about getting a toy. Part of me, like after doing the show, made me want to like pick up some of the old Toy Biz toys mm-hmm. that were like based on the comics from this time because like those are very funny. If you've ever seen those, they're real stiff and weird. Um, and they have you know it's all this fashion and and things like that. So you can get kind of like a lot of these outfits. Uh, in 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 real cute little toy form for cheap now. I think I don't think those are valuable. Yeah, nineties um, line. Friend of the show and frequent network host uh, Jala sent me a mini Gambit action figure for my birthday last year, and I think, oh that's great. I think that's from there. I need to I need to double check that just to say, but I think that's from there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I should I should pick up a, a tchotchke of some sort uh, from those. I remember like one of the first times I ever went to like. Growing up, I didn't go to the doctor a lot because, uh, like you know, my my awful upbringing. But one of the first times I went, they had this uh, box full of toys, and one of them was the uh, the X Men uh, Forge action figure. Nice, and it was so cool because parts of him were clear and it showed the like machinery mm-hmm, under mm-hmm. it. And I stole it from the doctor's office. Fucking a, dude! I love and that. And that's why my parents never took me to the doctor again. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like if you're just gonna steal, you don't get health. Well, and in, uh, in 2017, <laughs> if you steal an action figure from a doctor's office, they just kick you off your health insurance for six months. So it's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, part of that to, uh, and uh, Trump here. Yeah, vitamins and exercise for six months and uh, and personal responsibility. Absolutely. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, before we get too too far down that road, um, thanks everybody for sticking with us during this uh, this saga, this dark dark Phoenix saga. Um, if you like the show, you can the best thing you can do is support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash darkfeedtv, um, that is where you'll see all the kind of cool rewards and stretch goals and stuff that we have. What you can get for supporting us, and you also get the warm fuzzy feeling of supporting your boys uh, who do this podcast stuff that you like. Yeah, and there's some uh, since they redesigned it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's some some really interesting tiers in there that you might want to check out, uh, or in- interesting um, rewards or levels or whatever you use to describe Patreon stuff. But uh, one of those is if we hit a certain dollar amount monthly, me and Gary will answer questions dressed up as X Men characters, and I'm yes. excited about it. I have been in, since in the, the last video. for the last two weeks since you've last heard me. I've been just actively planning my beast outfit. Um, <laughs> sewing. I've been doing a lot of sewing. I've been uh, consulting a lot. I've been buying a lot of blue makeup. Um, 
Kelsey Grammer will give you acting lessons, by the way, on Skype for very cheap. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So I'm going to try to channel some Kelsey Grammer beast from that third X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be my, my angle on it. <clears throat> Tossed salad scrambled legs eggs. <laughs> scrambled legs oh did you not see that going around someone was saying that uh, um oh, it was some, some weird podcast thing like a, it, it, yeah anyway it was just a stupid pun about scrambled legs if kelsey Grammer oh. hurt himself or something oh i didn't uh, that, that's funny i did not know about that um, um just a quick programming note uh Definitely go see patreon.com slash TV to do that. Uh, we've got two more episodes in this season, and then we're going to be doing our kind of bonus episode that we do. And then after that, we'll do a feedback episode. So uh, start getting that stuff in now. Go to daysoffuturecast.com slash contact and send in anything that you want us to, to talk about or any questions that you might have. You can also send that to D-O-F-C. Is that the email address? D-O-F-C podcast at gmail.com? That shit sounds right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. D-O-F-C podcast at gmail.com is the, is the email address. So yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but definitely send that in and we'll, we'll do our movie for the season as well, mm-hmm. which we had to figure out exactly what we're, uh, what we're going to do. And we'll, yeah, that's we'll why I, 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 that's why I didn't commit. So we could talk yeah. about it off mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll figure it out, but uh, it, that should be fun yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So in, until next time, uh, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.